Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. She went and told her mom that she had, a couple times she had, she was attempting suicide, and she, because she didn't want to get the phone call from She wanted her mom to hear it from her first, then from her. And I just thought it was really... Basically, in short, that I prevented a suicide, and that was like, I mean, if, if I if I go, like, you know, if, if life is over tomorrow, at least I have that going for me, you know, so I mean, that, that means a lot. So just really just getting people on their path, um, when I hear that, it just, it just shows that I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. All right, well, welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of Impact Outdoors Podcast. And man, we've got Nick Sunshine Tokeman on the show today. And I've been wanting to have Nick on the show for quite a while since uh, we first started thinking about doing this. And and uh, if you've ever watched Deadliest Catch on the Discovery Channel, you know, there are a lot of crazy characters on that show. And, and Nick uh, kind of caught my eye when, when, uh, when he came on the show a few years ago. And, and uh, he was on the show for several seasons on a few different boats and stuff but uh nick is just a very outgoing person and um really you know the his his nickname sunshine i mean fits him so well and and we were so glad to have him on and uh he has really since leaving deadliest catch has uh, kind of turned his life in a different direction that he was called to do and being a motivational speaker and so i'm really looking forward for for y'all to hear his story and uh how the uh, journey to Alaska came about and, and um, how it's morphed into what he's doing today, um, delivering his message to people all across the United States and how big of an impact that's having on people's lives. So um, let's jump right into this one and uh, let's welcome Nick onto the show. All right. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Impact Outdoors podcast. And today we've got a really cool guest. We've got Nick Sunshine Tokeman on the phone. How are you doing, Nick? Good, yourself? I'm doing great, man. Good to talk to you again. Yeah. And uh, I think some of our viewers probably uh, um, know you from Deadliest Catch, obviously, on the Discovery Channel. So I know that that has made a, a, a big impact in your life. And, um, but, uh, I just wanted to have you on the show, man, cause you're doing so much, even since you've left the show and changing kids and adults lives through, through what you're doing currently. And, and, uh, I really wanted people to hear your story, you know, and kind of how you got started and, and, um, what caused you to go to Alaska and, and, and where you're at now. So man, just, uh, Feel free to jump right on in and, and kind of let us know about Nick. Uh, yeah, no, uh, sure. Uh, thanks for having me again. Uh, it just, I mean, I mean, I I just was kind of down and out in college. I, I really went, 
because, you know, it was the traditional, you know, in order to be successful in life, the, the mindset that you needed to go to college. And uh, I was going to school for business management. Originally, I was going to learn about, uh, I wanted to start my own business and I thought I learned people skills. And I wasn't really happy when I was in college. You know, I was also working two to three jobs while going to school full time and wasn't happy. And I, I was at my grandparents' place you know, while I was on break and my grandfather introduced me to deadliest catch, something about it just thrilled me. It just, maybe it was the challenge or whatnot. And I, you know, I went back to school thinking about what I was going to do. And I just decided, you know, you know, for the summer for a job. And then I decided, well, might as well just try fishing, called a bunch of boat owners left and right. And no one wanted to hire me because they didn't know if I was a drinker or a druggie. Um, you know, yeah. And uh, yeah, and like they, they just didn't know who I was, how, what my work ethic was like. So, uh, but anyway, a couple people were on the fence of hiring me. I asked them if, you know, there was a shot that I could go, you know, if I went up there, if anyone would hire me. And they said, if, you know, if you're not a drinker or a druggie, you know, you, you know, you, you're a hard worker, I think you'd have a good shot. So I decided to buy a plane ticket to go up there, went on a bunch of boats, different crazy characters, you know, met a few times. Like I camped out in the woods. I, I ate out of a homeless shelter. I was staying at random people's houses. And then eventually I got on the better boats and everything. And, and then, um, yeah, I just started working my way up and I failed at it originally, like a fishery close to crab fishing what you could see on tv and that kind of really crushed me uh but and then i had someone that a mentor that brought my confidence back up and you know i went back to see if i could do it again i did it i succeeded and then uh more i guess short story i guess i get on the boat that got me up to alaska which is the northwestern and then i was on the show for the next four years that was the abbreviated version right yeah Yep. So, um, how scared were you going up there? I mean, I know you're excited and all, and this is something completely new, but I mean, most people, they watch that show right. and they think there's no way in heck you're going to get me on one of them boats to go out in, in that water and, uh, do what those guys do. I mean, yeah, they make good money, but there's a lot of risk involved and, and, um, you know, it's almost kind of a different breed of person that wants to do work like that up there. It is one of the most dangerous jobs in the world, but you did it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just you'd have to want to do it. I mean, really, I mean, it's it's a very tough job. I mean, you're working, I mean, like the show says, you're doing 20, 20 hour days. I mean, so there are times when we'd work 30 hours, sleep three, four hours, work 30 hours, sleep three, four. I mean, there was times when I'd be up almost two days straight and, you know, you're, you're out there, it's cold, uh, you have freezing spray just hitting you in the face uh, i mean it's physical on your body you're tired um yeah. it takes a certain person to want i mean for me i think i was doing it because i wanted to challenge myself to see what i was capable of later on i'm realizing that i was doing it to to get my sense of self-worth yeah yeah prove to yourself that you could do it yeah and, and uh well, that's that's awesome and so you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people watch the show and what was it like working for a uh, SIG? I, I actually really liked working for, for him. Uh, he was a great captain. Uh, he, you know, if you did, as you were told, you were fine. I mean, at first, like for the first, you know, a couple times when I was with him, he was kind of, you know, he was kind of basically putting me in my place because he didn't yeah. know who I was or anything. And there's a lot of crazy characters, but then once he knew that I wasn't, you know, that I wasn't going to talk back or I was just going to listen, I was just here to do my job. I wasn't here to prove a point. I, I he let off and he was the nicest captain. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, just, just by watching the show and, and I know a couple of the guys from the show, um, including yourself and, and, uh, you know, they get so many guys just want to come up there just to be on TV and, and uh, just, you know, try to get hired on and don't really want to do it, you know. So they deal with a lot of that. So I understand that. Yeah. So 
So, but you were on the Northwestern. What were, uh, I know you were on, you're on the time bandit as well, right? Yeah. So Jake, he, he went, he went away on the Kiska sea to, to get a shot at being a captain. It didn't work out on the boat. He went back. So Sig wanted him to come back, but he didn't want to leave me high and dry. So he put me on the time bandit with the Hillstrand brothers. Um, and then, and then once I was with them, uh, Jake got, you know, his, uh, his boat on the saga, so I decided I would go with him for the next two years after. Yeah. 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 I'm just glad he's doing so good. Looks like he's been really successful with that boat now. So, um, and I can't imagine being on the boat with the Hill Strands. I've, and it's so funny because I know, you know, Jonathan, he's got some kids' books that he's wrote. And, yeah. And, and stuff. And so I ordered some for our kids a couple of years ago, and they love those things. Yeah. You watch the show, and then you're like, and he actually wrote this book. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So good stuff. Yeah. But uh, they do a lot of crazy stuff on that boat. So I'm sure uh, you had the time of your life on on the Time Bandit. So oh, uh, they were they were fun. Uh, you know, John used a character. Uh, Andy, I liked Andy too. Andy, I felt was more like uh, like serious, but like they were both. Right. Uh, you know they. You just did your job, and that was it. You know, you were fine uh, with them. But, no, yeah. they were both good. Yeah. Man, that's cool. And it's it's crazy how just how much that show's progressed over, I don't know, however many seasons it's been on now. It's been, like, what, 15 seasons or 16, something like that. And, yeah. Um, I mean, it's turned into to something really neat to watch and uh, and stuff. And um, But, but uh. Did you, uh, did you, I'm assuming you probably preferred the king fishing season versus the Opie's just because of the weather. But, um, what was, what was some of your craziest memories just from being on the Bering Sea as far as like weather and stuff like that? I think, I think the crazy one that comes to mind, it, it was actually on the show. We were on the saga. Um, and we got a wave, we had a wave that came up so bad that we were swimming on deck. Uh, we almost lost a guy. A guy almost went overboard. That was like a crazy time. I didn't know what the heck happened. Like, I wasn't scared or anything. I just didn't know what the heck was going on. I mean, like we had a wave come, but I mean, you know, big waves come and crash, and it's just normal. But yeah. all of a sudden, water starts coming in. I just like just instincts like took over and I just dove like I was literally in the middle of the boat and I just dove like to swim. Uh but I wasn't scared or anything. Uh, I just I just it was almost like as if what what just happened. Um th that was one. And then another time we this was when when I wasn't on the show we were go we, we had a full crab. I was working on the silver spray and it, it, it's a really good boat. There's this, uh, the captain, his name's uh, Bill Prout. He's really respectable in the, in the fishing community, uh, you know, especially up there. And we had a full load of crab. We had a full load of gear. We were going to offload and we were probably hitting a big storm, probably going like, you know, it was probably loading about 55, 60. And we were going what, like one knot, like a little over a knot one way. We were taking on freezing spray, and we were getting top heavy. We knew we had to get we had to get the pots off because we were just going to lose stability. So we went off deck. We first we, we broke the ice off, and we had everything packed. And the you know the crane operator he was trying to get the sorting table off the, the stack, and he lost control of it. And I thought it was going to hit me, and I. I was literally thick because I thought the cable was going to snap. I thought I had to jump into the, the cod bin full of like all the cod and all that. But it, it finally got control of their, over it and we were fine. But it, that was a pretty, um, that was a pretty scary moment. That was one I definitely remember. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, working down, you know, I worked down in the Gulf of Mexico a bunch with my other job and, and, uh, you know, we've been out some gnarly stuff. I've been out some gnarly stuff fishing. Right. Uh, but I can't imagine being out and in the stuff that y'all go out in. And uh, I've had several people that I work, I've worked with over the years that have, have worked up in Dutch um, as observers. Okay. And stuff yeah. Um, you know, they're like, yeah, they're not really lying. So. Yeah. 
pretty bad <laughs> at times. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm sure, I mean, when the weather's good up there, I'm sure, it, I mean, it is it is one of the most beautiful places in the world. I've, I've been up to Alaska before, and, uh, man, it's just awe-inspiring up there. It's totally different than anywhere else. So. Where did you go? So we went up to my dad's brother lived in Anchorage at the okay. time. And um, so we went up there and he just took us all over the place. We went to Kodiak Island and did a bunch of fishing out in, out in the offshore and, and uh, for halibut and stuff. And um, I was a lot younger, but I remember going up there and just all the, all the places we went and stuff. And uh, I think that was probably the first place I ever went that I got seasick. So I definitely okay. remember puking off the dang boats. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Kodiak, Kodiak was where I first started fishing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah, it's, it's cool up there, man. I can't wait to go back. So yep. I need to get my wife up there. So did you go hiking? But, did we go hiking? Yeah. Yeah, we went we went and did a couple places. We actually went and camped at some places, did some hiking, um, some camping and stuff, and that was a lot of fun until we started hearing some bears during the night. So um <laughs> But luckily, my dad's brother, uh, when he lived up there, he was actually, um, he worked up on the North Slope, and then he, he guided on grizzly bear hunts okay. during the season up there. So he, he had a lot of experience, and he know what he's doing, so we felt safe up there with him. But uh, it was still surreal, you know, hearing that stuff out in the woods. If, if you go back, and this is also for the viewers, if, if you're into hiking, or the listeners, sorry, uh, check out Barometer. Uh, it's it's one of the mountains to hike. It is amazing. Yeah. If you go in the summertime, the you go up and you see these little flowers that just like are crazy, like bright, right? They're like bright red, bright blue, bright yellow, like lime green. It's just all, all over. It's just amazing. And then you get a nice view of, over the you know over the whole island. Uh, next time, just go hike that mountain. It's awesome oh man yeah i wrote that down i'm gonna look that up yeah. so we can make sure we do that next time oh, so. it's right it's right by the airport so you can't miss it well, yeah so i remember um the, the one thing i really remember is how bad the damn mosquitoes were up there so it what's worse is the noceums it's it's uh, yeah the little the little ones man they they bite but they bite bad i mean they're just you can't see them and they oh, they come all at once and they just next day you just have all these red marks all over oh man yeah, yeah all the all them things live can live through the winters up there and that permafrost and stuff so yeah. it's crazy yeah but those things can survive but they do oh yeah and uh, they're in full force yeah so um i remember i was uh um i got to go over to sweden one time with uh, i was when i was an exchange student and uh, we actually went on a vacation while i was on vacation to sweden okay and i'm how they were over there and i was like man this is just like alaska and uh i remember i bought a, a magnet or something and just said uh, had a big old mosquito on it said send more tourists so yeah 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 right yeah 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 but, uh, crazy Great, we got we got plenty of mosquitoes in Texas down there in the marsh where I'm at, but um, right, I think they're as bad as they are up there at times. So I I, I remember one time uh, I was in you you would probably never go there, but this was like for for salmon fishing. We went to one of the boats I worked on. We docked over at a place called Larson Bay, and yeah, they the noceums were bad. I mean, people had to have nets over their face they were fully covered gloves and everything in order to be protected wow yeah and it was just i remember when i had to fly back over to the mainland or just kodiak not mainland but just the, the main part of kodiak island mm -hmm. i literally i just felt them swarming my face i, I literally was swatting my face they were just coming at me like non-stop it must have been by like i never felt it like that before it must have been like like 60 like you know flies just coming right at me it was bad yeah. yeah yeah i hate no cms yeah the worst yeah but uh man that's crazy um so one thing i wanted to ask you about up there you know you hear a lot of people talking about working the the on the tender boats and stuff when yeah. they go back down Seattle and stuff. Yeah. Um, did you get to do any of that or? I did tender. We did tendering to keep our crab job. 
Uh, so okay. I did it a couple times. I did it out of, was it Prince William Sound uh, was where I did it. Uh, that was the only place I, yeah. So basically at the time when you're doing that, so the boats just turn into basically the holding tanks. Is that right? For the smaller boats that are fishing? Or yeah. I mean, for, for someone that like, you know, that wouldn't know, I mean, basically a tender boat goes out and they're literally like a trucker out on the water. You know, the fishermen come in, they bring, you know, they bring their fish to you. As soon as you fill up, you know, they can stay out fishing and you go back to the cannery uh, to deliver, to offload the fish. And then, you know, once you're empty, you just go right back out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you hear him talk about that a lot on, on the show and, and uh, I think a lot of people probably don't really know what that is, but, yeah. but, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a, you, I mean, those boats have to make money all year long. So oh, yeah. you know, it's the two seasons where, where they're on the show up there. So, yep. uh, you know, down where I'm at, it's all about the shrimp. Oh, okay. okay. And, and oysters and, and crab. And uh, those are our three big main commercial fisheries that we have. And, uh, and, and they're big, big business. I mean, oysters are king down where I'm at. And, and uh, I remember when I went to down to New Orleans, I had like literally my first night in, I had five dozen oysters. I just kept eating. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love oysters. Yeah. So are you a raw oyster guy or a, a raw. cooked oyster? Raw. raw. I, I tried. Yeah. I tried the. Uh, there was one. Uh, there was one place in New Orleans called Drago's, and uh-huh. and I, it was cooked on the half shell. You know, and uh, it was good, but I I prefer raw. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, there's a there's a big market for oysters all across the country, and back before. Uh, I think back before Hurricane Ike hit down in our area back in 2008 and, and even um, some of the other storms like we had we had Rita hit just east of us before that, like in 04, 05, whenever that was, um, Galveston Bay, uh, it was like 80% of the country's oysters came from Galveston. Right. And, and, um, and, and, and those storms did a number on the on the oyster reefs down there. and, and uh, But they're building back up right. good now, uh, are doing good. And, good. Guys are surviving and, and making money again. So, but um, yeah, they don't have to go out in fifty foot seas. They just have to work in the bay. So, <laughs> hey man, I don't, I don't care how, I don't care how you slice it. I mean, do it, doing any kind of fishing like that, it's it's hard work. It is a lot of work. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't want to do it. So, yeah, I think, I think uh, the, some of the hardest fishing I did was uh, Dungeness crab uh, off of California uh, in. I did it out of San Francisco and San Francisco and then we went up to Eureka and then in any a lot of places in between, like you know, f- near Fort Bragg. But it's just it's it's I don't know, I I mean crab fishing it's tough, you know, but there's like the Dungeness crab fishing, I think it's I mean, the thing is, is you got these pots, they're like, you know, with with all the line and everything, they could weigh like 150, 160 pounds, and they're coming up like every minute. And you got to, you know, if, if you're the stack guy, you got to stack them like say six lines. And you're putting them over your head, and they're just that's a workout, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah that that was a pretty tough uh, that was a pretty tough fishery. I, I thought, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I've seen, seen some videos of those guys doing that those those uh, pot strings, and man, those. That it does look like it happens very fast. It's quick. It's the only the only thing that you're lucky about is that it, you know you're not you're not dealing with the freezing cold. Um, yeah. And yeah. How many guys were on the on the boats when you were doing that? Just a couple, or so I I worked on one. Shit. Uh, for the peak, we had it was it was four guys. And and then the four guys on deck and one captain, but we would rotate. Like if it was really like if the crab was like really hot, you know, everyone would be out. But then what we would do is, uh, you know, you would like one guy would be in his bunk for like three hours, and then we'd rotate. So you know, after say about like nine hours, you'd get a little bit of a three-hour nap, and we just rotate like that. Um, yeah, that was cool. I never, I never had it like that because, 
on you know, on the crab boats, it's just you're working nonstop. There's no there's no break or anything. That that was a nice perk to it, but yeah, yeah, a little bit of relief anyway. A so, little bit, yeah, yeah. So, um, so after you know, I know you got to a point where you were doing all this and 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 the show and working on the boats up in Dutch and doing all this other stuff, right? And 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 you decided to go do something else. Yeah. And kind of leave that behind. So what, I mean, I know what did it, but I mean, what, what made you decide to go into to motivational speaking and, and, and make that jump? I mean, so for me, when I, I, I just decided when I, you know, when I was on the show, I, I did it as a way of giving back. I just didn't want to see some of the young kids ending up like some of my friends in a bad spot in life. And that was my, that was the reasoning I had in my head originally. Yeah. And, but the more I just kept, you know, I did it once and then I liked it. I felt I made a difference and then I kept doing it and doing it. And really what motivated drives me to do it is because growing up, I questioned my self-worth and I feel that's why a lot of people veer off track. You know, they try to be good enough for their peers, their classmates, their family, their friends. And, you know, and they can lose sight of who they are. So purpose of my presentation is if, if I can redirect someone, you know, from all the outside influence back to themselves and who they are and what they really want out of their life, then I've done my job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and that's so important. I mean, and, you know, you, I know you concentrate a lot on, on the, on the younger aspect of the kids and stuff. And, and, um, it's really important to reach those kids because I mean, they're, they're tomorrow. They're going to replace yep. us. And I don't, I don't mean, it's so hard for me to associate with some of those kids now just because times have changed so much right. since I was growing up and to know what they're going through these yep. days. Like I can't fathom some of it, you know, and I'm, you know, worried about what my kid, I mean, I've got a three and a six year old and, and our six year olds in here, you know, doing, her schooling on the computer, you know, and right. the for the whole semester and, and just everything these days that they have to face. I mean, there's so many obstacles, so many um, things to be attracted to and drawn to yeah. and, and be pulled into that they shouldn't be and having somebody, you know, mentor them and, and somebody that they can kind of relate to. I mean, that's important. So it's awesome what you're doing. And, um, have you, uh, um, thank you, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thank I, you. I, I, I was wanting to come up and listen to you when you're, uh, UNT last year, I was, yeah. work, but, but, um, but I'm, I'm, you know, we're hoping to get you down for our coastal brigade camp. So hopefully we can make that happen next year since we had to cancel this year's camp. But, um, um, I think it'd be a real important, you know, message for you to give to the, to the kids that we're, you know, mentoring down there. So, Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. But, um, um, I mean, I know you've gotten a lot out of it Yeah, and, and I know you've gotten a lot, you know, hear a lot from probably the kids you've talked to and stuff. I mean, what's that like hearing, hearing from some of these kids, you know, after they've heard you talk and stuff? I mean, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of that. I, I had a, a student uh, reach out to me, uh, and her she she was contemplating suicide, and basically, uh, I left a message on that. You know, I, I had a message on on that, and just just saying to talk to someone, get for help, and so she reached out to me and saying that. You know, this is anonymous, so it's all, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, she said, you know, I really appreciate you, you know, you know, for your message and everything and 
all that. And she told me how she contemplated suicide a couple of times. And I told her, I said, no, I appreciate you letting me know how my message benefited you just to make sure I, I, you know, I, I have to report it, you know, to an administrator or something like that. Uh, you know, so that, you know, just someone just checks on you, make sure you're okay. And, mm-hmm. and then, so she knew about that. So she went and told her mom that she had a couple times she had, she was attempting suicide and she, because she didn't want to get the phone call from, she wanted her mom to hear it from her first, then from, the, from her. Yeah. And I just thought it was really basically in short that I prevented a suicide. And that was like, I mean, if, if I, if I go like, you know, if, if life is over tomorrow, at least I have that going for me, you know? So, I mean, that, that means a lot. Or, you know, another time I had, a student come up to me and he said that uh, his parents didn't want him enlisting in the military. And after he heard, you know, my presentation, uh, he enlisted um, in the Marines and was sworn in. Uh, I just thought that was awesome, you know, him reaching back out. there. So just really just getting people on their path. Um, when I hear that, it just it just shows that I'm doing I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. It makes you want to do more. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, and that's crazy, man. I mean, you know, I always tell people if anything I'm doing can affect one person, it's, it's worth it, you know, and, and you're experiencing that. Yeah. It, every time you go talk. So, yeah. Cause there's always going to be kids at all the schools that, that, that are going through things. And, and that's a, that's the thing a lot of people I think don't understand is, is, um, it's not always the kids you, you think it is that may be going through situations right. like that. And, and because they do such a good job of covering it up and covering yeah. their feelings and stuff and, and not being able to express that to their friends because they don't want to be ashamed and, and um, be exercised, you know, out of their, yeah. their clique group or whatever. And uh, that's tough for kids. Yeah. And, and most people just can't understand that. Yeah. So I had, I had kids when I was going to high school that were going through stuff and, and, um, and, um, you know, and it's just, it's scary, you know, but thank God you were there to, to deliver that message to them and, and, and made that difference and made them even want to reach out. Cause that's a, that's a big thing right there. Yeah. So, oh. but well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, thanks for sharing that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and, um, so I do, I do want to ask one thing, cause I know if anybody is, is, um, Followed along on what you're doing now, and, and hopefully they'll go check it out. You know, after they hear this and stuff. But, and I don't know. I know you may not want to share the story or not, but uh, your jackets you wear at the show. Oh, tell us what the story is behind that on here. Do you mind? Yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's your show. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, yeah, I don't want to take anything away from anybody. That, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, so I have this crazy color jacket. Um, it was basically, it was like my favorite jacket in high school and basic, you know, I, I got it after I, I used to be a, a caddy on a golf course and there was this guy, uh, he, one of the members, he was a garbage man. He was slightly autistic and, and he just, everyone respected him because he just had this happy, positive, go, you know, positive, go lucky attitude. And he was just, he just, they just respected his love for the game and, on one of the tournaments, he shows up, you know, on the course with an all pink suit, you know, pink shoes, pink belt, you know, pink pants, pink shirt, everything. And I just, just to say, like, I'm a garbage man. I got the worst clubs in the bag, and I'm gonna still have fun crushing you in a round of golf. And you know, ever since then, I was just like, wow, I thought that was cool. So I adopted a style. I got this jacket, uh, but back home, I kept getting made fun of for it. And you know, I was telling, you know, people were telling me I look gay, I look ridiculous. So it just went away in the closet for a long time. And, you know, and then I, I just, I just wondered to myself, you know, like, why can't I just be me and be accepted for it? Am I good enough? And yeah. And, and then just, it was just in the closet. I was contemplating it, but I was realizing that after a while I put it back on because, you know, Though, like, I you know, I actually had the courage and the guts to go after what I wanted. I was fortunate enough to earn it. You know, and all and all the people that were criticizing me, you know, like, you know, they weren't living the life I wanted to live. 
So I was like, you can call me whatever you want. I'm happy with who I am. And that's the whole point of the Jack is, you know, being proud of who you are, regardless of, you know, the opinions of others. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's an awesome jacket. I like it. Thanks. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure um, we'll get a picture of you ended up on, on the post when we oh. release this. So. <laughs> oh, the many, many colors. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, um, so you've been doing the, the speaking now for what, a little over four years or? I'd say four years now. Yeah. 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 So, and I know, um, so I follow your stuff on social media on, and you're on, you're on pretty much, you're all over the place, aren't you? Facebook, Instagram and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. 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 So, so I see you've been doing a lot of running. Yeah. And setting, doing, setting goals and stuff and, and, and accomplishing that. And, and, uh, um, and I also seen that you were working on your first book. Yeah. 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 So, what is that like? <laughs> oh, it's it, you know, it, it's a lot. I mean, I just write for an hour a day. I'm writing about three, four pages a day. Uh, yeah, it's just, I you know, I, it's just something I've been doing for a long time. Uh, I got into running. It's just, I used to do like you know those hit workouts and all that, but I thought to myself, wait, what? To make working out more fun, why not as well just set a goal? So. I started measuring my progress by running. So uh, just recently, uh, one of my goals was to break a six-minute mile. I ran it in 5:52. So I was pretty happy about that. It's not, it's not like earth shattering or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's a respectable time, but it's faster than me. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's just something I like to do, and it's just you know I'm all about taking care of myself, you know, my body because I only got one. So. You know, just be in the best shape for myself because I'm only as good for, you know, for others as I t- as how well I take care of myself. So, yeah, it was just a little thing that I did. Yeah. Man, that's cool. So, do you have a – um as, as far as your book, do you have like a goal is when you think you'll be finished with it or, or is it kind of day by day? It's just day by day. I mean, I just – I just write. I just always commit to writing for an hour a day. I've been doing it for over a long time now. I, I, consistently, I've been doing it almost two years now or so. Yeah, yeah. And but it's yeah. It's just whenever it gets done, it gets done. But that's it. I just I'm just keep writing. But uh, if I yeah. if I cranked it up to four hours a day, the book would be out a lot faster. But uh, you know, no, I, I got other stuff I got to do. So I just, I dedicate at least an hour. So, yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, hopefully, hopefully it won't end up being like, um, uh, war and peace or something <laughs> that one might take me, take me two years to read it, but, uh, I can't wait to get a copy of it when it's done, man. I can't wait to read it. So hey. you know, some crazy experiences in there. Yeah. Look forward to that. So, yeah. Well, um, so have you got um, – I want to I ask you about the time we're in right now. You know, we talk about this on almost every show here lately, but um, this coronavirus pandemic. Sure. And the way it has affected society. Yeah. And kind of what what are your thoughts on it? I mean, how is it – I mean, obviously it's affected your speaking times. I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know – this is really hard for a lot of people mentally and, and, um, and physically, you know, people being out of work and, and just the not having relationships with people outside of their homes right now. And, right. and people are still, you know, hunkering down and stuff, but I mean, what's kind of your take on it? And, and, and I mean, how do you think it's going to affect these kids? You know, they're learning virtually now and not being able to be around their classmates and stuff. Right. So, I mean, I could say, first of all, really flat out, it sucks. I mean, at first I didn't know what to make of it. I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was just like a joke thing because I was in Panama for a friend's wedding. And we were just talking about it. You know, I'd go back to the States and there'd be a, a woman on a checkboard as I'm boarding the plane. Have you visited China and this and that? I go, no. And, you know, I don't know what the heck was going on. And 
And then I, I hear about it more. I, I didn't think anything was about it. I thought it was like just, I don't know, swine flu or just something right. like that. And then, and then I heard it, like people were talking it more seriously, like, you know, schools were shutting down and, you know, and, and, and companies there. I'm like, whoa, this is legit. Like, this is serious. And then everything, and everything shut down. I mean, I was, I was in California, Georgia, New Jersey, and then all of a sudden it just cut off and I couldn't speak at any, you know, any more schools. So I was like, wow, like, what am I going to do? And yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it sucks flat out. I mean, you know, for, on a lot of levels. And then for a while I was nervous about, I wasn't nervous about getting it myself because I'm young and I've, you know, just hearing about the stats, you know, there's a good chance you make, you, you get out of it. But what I was worried about is if, what petrified me is if I got it and I gave it to my grandfather or my mom or something. So I, right. I didn't have any contact with anyone for a little bit. And I just, yeah. Uh, I will say though, one of the good things about it, and I, I mean, you know, when there's bad, there's good too. And what I got out of it is this is time you'll never get back. Like, I mean, really, no one had this kind of time. Like, I was doing things that I would ne- I was neglecting with myself, like the relationships with my family. You know, even though we weren't seeing each other, I was going on Zoom with them or, you know, FaceTime or whatnot. Uh, I was, I got my, my, you know, my apartment exactly how I wanted it. I cleaned areas. I just, I just you know, clutter, you know, just decluttered my, my laptop, my phone. You know, I, I was really taking care of myself, and that was something I wasn't doing for a long time. And I mean, if there's one benefit to this whole COVID thing, is like, is that is appreciating the time that you have, um, and that's the biggest thing that I got out of it. And I just really focused on taking care of myself and preparing myself that when this is all over. I'm, I'll be ready. I, you know, I'll be ready to take things on. And all it is, is just, you know, whatever. I mean, things happen in life. You know, I mean, you're, when you're fishing, it's not all flat, calm days. You know, you, you get storms and everything. This is just one of those storms or a wave you got to ride out. And, and, and really, you know, it's, it's just about changing with the times. And so I have to learn different things so that when this is, you know, when this is over, I'll be fine. But, it's just you just got to make the best of it, you know, with what it's at. But that was my take on it. That's what my experience of it is. I know it's not going to last forever, uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's it's been it's been crazy. Yeah, it, it really sucks, um, and so many things have been affected by it so much. Yeah, um, but uh, man, I just I don't know, just. The schooling thing is what really worries me. It's just, you know, are these kids really going to be getting out of school what they would be when they were if they were in the classroom? Heck no. Well, you know, it's not going to happen. But well, that's but, the thing is, is that I did a couple virtual, you know, you know, programs, and a lot of you know when I'm doing the, the presentation, a lot a lot of the students they have their camera off. So I don't know. Like it's for me, yeah. I'm handicapped because I. You know, when I have a live audience, I can see, you know, if someone's engaged, if someone's tuned out, if someone's laughing, I can't see that. So it's, it's, it's kind of it's just like what's going on. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's a struggle for teachers that, you know, they don't know if the kids are grasping things, I guess, you know, when they take the test. I mean, but I have my, my two cousins, they're telling me they, they prefer uh, learn. It's, it's harder and they prefer to be actually in school. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I, I don't know. It's tough, and especially tough with little ones. Yeah. When you sit there and and do you know do the day with them, go over yeah everything. And, you know, our daughter she just started first grade, and and um, so you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's a. Uh, Sorry, somebody just brought me something. Um, I don't know. I don't know if anything will go back to the same the way it was. I mean, who knows? I do know that, you know, all the stuff I do with the fishing and all that and the kids stuff, 
down here in Texas, it has been so good because so many people, like you said, have been spending time with their families. Yeah. And what way to do that and be socially distant than to get outdoors? I, I tell you one thing, though, is one another good aspect about this is I feel a lot of people today, you know, just on their phones all the time. So yeah. this whole COVID thing, you know, you had no choice. If you want to talk to someone, you were talking to them through Zoom or, you know, through your phone or whatnot. But when you actually see a person, like how many times do you go to a restaurant and you see, you know, like two people hanging out and they're on their phones. They're not even looking at each other. But now I feel, and I could be wrong, but I feel that when people get together, they're going to be putting their phones down and actually having a conversation. I think that's probably a bet. I, I would see that. I could see that 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 change happening from this whole thing. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, it's a. Uh, I think people are going to want to continue um, seeing each other and, and being part of each other's lives, and yeah. it's just going to wake want to make you do it even more. So yeah. Uh, it's like right now we're up we're up in Oklahoma. My parents, you know, we haven't seen seen our family since uh, February. Right. The last time we were up here, you know, that's hard for you know grandkids and for you know my mom, and dad not seeing their grandkids. Yeah. Their so it's been really cool to kind of get back up here and reconnect with everybody finally. You know, not just doing Facetime or whatever. Um, or uh, Zoom Zoom family. Yeah. Or I know. I know. I'm excited because uh, I'm fixing some uh, – brought some fish up. We're going to have some fresh uh, yellowfin tuna tonight, and then tomorrow we're doing a big fish fry before we head nice. back. Nice. Nice. We're excited. Yeah. So, <laughs> You know, before before the COVID hit, I was actually in the Gulf of Mexico uh, fishing. I did – I went – we went for Spanish mackerel, trout, uh, sheephead, and what else? Yeah. what else did we do? I think that was where'd you go out of uh, Cedar Key in Florida. Okay. Yeah. So, well, um, we still gotta get you down to Galveston. So, um, we'll figure out how to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, once this is over, then you know maybe we could talk about it. But now it's just Jesus. Yeah. It's like yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> but it, it won't yeah, be forever. No. no, it won't be forever. So. But uh, like you said, it, you know, everything everything happens for a reason. So, you know, we're gonna be okay through this. Right. Everybody will get it, and we'll come out better on the other side. Yep. So, but um, well um, so so Nick um, let us know like if if somebody wanted to reach out to you and have you come and talk to the school, you know, once this starts back up and stuff or, or a business, a company, I mean, whoever, I mean, I know there's, there's a whole sure. range of things that, that you can do for people. I mean, wh where do they get a hold of you at? Uh, you could, you could go to my website. Uh, it's my name, Nick Tokeman.com. Tokeman spelled T O K M A N. You could visit my social media. I have Instagram and uh, Twitter is Nick Tokeman at Nick Tokeman. And for my Facebook, it's just at Nick Sunshine Tokeman. Cool. So obviously, did you the Sunshine name sticks to you like glue? Did that come when you went to Alaska, or was that beforehand? Actually, yeah, I was on the Northwestern. There were two Nicks on the boat, and they had to they had to give me a nickname uh, because they just couldn't have any confusion. They saw me smile all the time, like I was on Prozac, so they gave me the nickname Sunshine. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it fits. So that's good. There's worse nicknames you could have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a few when I was growing up. So sure, like everybody else. Oh yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, well, cool, man. Well, um, well, dude, I, I know we've been on here for a while, and, and uh, you've got some other stuff going on. But um, I want to thank you for being on, and um, really, really can't wait to to come listen to you live. Um, hopefully sooner than later and, uh, and hopefully we can get out and go fishing together sometime. So I, I, I like that. <laughs> That'd be good. It'd be good to finally meet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know we've been talking for, seems like a couple years now. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but man, um, thanks again. And, uh, you know, hopefully 
we'll get some people to look you up and, and, and get you out to, to talk to some people, man. So that would be awesome. And like I said, thanks again for what you're doing. You've got a powerful story and uh, have, have done a lot. So I can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks a lot, Derek, for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode, and we really want to thank Nick so much for, for joining us today from his home and and uh, taking time to, to talk to us and um, tell us a little about himself and, and what all he's got going on. And, and uh, please reach out to Nick if, if he can uh, come and uh, present to a group in your area. I know he would love to, to do that for you. And um, but thanks again for listening to this episode and, and for following along. Please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from. And uh, we'd love for you to leave a, a like and review if you can. That would really mean a lot to us and helping us spread the word about the podcast and getting out there. And, and uh, we've got some really cool stuff coming up. Um, we're going to be traveling over to Florida here in a few weeks and got a lot of podcasts lined up to get while we're over there in the Tampa area and the uh, really excited about what's coming from that trip so can't wait to get those released and stuff but um anyway hope everybody's doing good um we are ready for hurricane season to be over down here on the gulf coast and uh it's been a busy one a wild one for sure um praying for all the families that have been affected by all the storms this season and and uh hope that we don't get any more um after this so um until next time we'll see you here on impact outdoors thanks Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.